Welcome to Songs and Stories, the Not For Musicians Only music podcast. Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. My name is Michael Gaither, and this is podcast number 15. I thought I would go off on a tangent early in this episode of Songs and Stories and share one of my favorite pet peeves with you. One of my favorite pet peeves is people who misuse the words literally and or ironic. A good example is if a a guy breaks up with a girl and he says, you know, I literally gave her my heart. No, no, you didn't. If you've got a pulse, you didn't literally give her your heart. That one's pretty easy to figure out. The word ironic is a little tougher. Ironic um, kind of gives you an, the completely unexpected result of what you probably intended. Uh, the example that I have for this one is actually a good example. This little podcast I'm doing, um, and actually any podcast in general, is kind of like a radio show. Basically, if you're listening to this on a computer or an iPod or wherever, it Works like a radio show. There's a host and some content, generally on a similar topic from show to show, but it's not broadcast over the air. It's the, uh, the the beauty of podcasts is that you can download this little audio file and listen to it at your leisure wherever you want. Um, the ironic thing about songs and stories is that this really cool radio station back in Baltimore, a community station called Grateful Dead Media, contacted me and asked if they could start broadcasting my podcast as radio shows on their Friday night slot before their Friday folks show. So if you happen to be in Baltimore driving along on a Friday evening, ironically, you might hear my podcast as a radio show. So again, this is Songs and Stories, and whether you're listening on an iPod or off my website, michaelgaither.com, or somewhere on the web, or maybe you're driving around in Baltimore and it's early on a Friday evening, um, welcome and thanks for listening. The topic for this show, uh, episode number 15, is a chat with Canadian songwriter Tia McGrath. I saw her recently at the Strawberry Music Festival, which is near Yosemite in Groveland, California. Tia played the 1130 slot at Strawberry, and um, after she signed autographs for a while, I, I interviewed her. And I had this interview set up ahead of time, and when I was watching her main stage set, her guitar player, I, I learned during the banter between songs, was not only... Um, another songwriter, but it was also her husband, Tommy Parnham. So as I was talking to Tia, I thought, you know, I might as well talk to both of y'all since you're both songwriters and you work together. So we did. We t- we um, She signed autographs for about an hour, and then we went back to their cabin and chatted about some of her songwriting influences and how she um, you know, ended up in Nashville. She's originally from Port Dover, Ontario, Canada. She did two CDs in Canada, uh, a couple in Nashville. Her latest is called A Day in My Shoes. And as you learn in this talk, her and Tommy are now back in Canada. She's back home, and it was actually a, a pretty smart move. So before we talk to Tia, I want to remind you that um, along with this podcast, if you go to my website, michaelgather.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com, there are notes to go with this podcast. Look for the Songs and Stories notes for podcast number 15. You'll find some Tia McGrath links and some other links to things that we'll talk about or be talking about during this chat. Now, before we go back to Strawberry and talk to Tia, I'd like you to hear a little bit of a song off her latest CD. 
This is a song she said she got the idea from by sitting in church one day, and it's just basically about somebody sort of looking for a direction. And this is called, What the Hell Am I Doing Here? Feeling like a fly trapped in a window And time is running out It's a million dollar question still I want to know What my life is all about I'm just a simple soul I don't like to go to Um, so I'm here with Tia McGrath, her husband Tommy Parham, and Tia is a songwriter from Nashville by way of Ontario, Ontario, Ontario. Yeah. And hey, how Michael. how'd you get? How long you been in Nashville, and how'd you get there? From what was sort of the process? Well, I moved to Nashville eight years ago from uh, Port Dover, Ontario, mm-hmm. and I had moved down there, wanted to pursue more of my songwriting. Mm-hmm. Up to that point, I'd had a couple albums out up in Canada independently. I just really wanted to focus in on my songwriting, so I moved down there and met Tommy, and we started writing, and I was writing with a lot of different writers, and mm-hmm. and uh, but we just recently relocated back to Canada, back to Ontario. Oh, okay, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, so um, we're doing so much traveling right now on uh-huh. the road and, and over to England and everything that it's just, it's it's more accessible, and it's closer to my family. Oh, so it's good to be back home? Yeah, it is. Really nice, yeah. And tell me where you're from originally. Colorado. Oh, okay. Yeah, grew up in Colorado. So you like Canada? I love Canada. It's great up there. It's uh, <clears throat> the weather's great. People are way laid back. <laughs> <laughs> no stress up there. It's really nice. It's actually nice and refreshing. The place we have is a couple blocks from the Lake Erie, and we have a little marina and a boat docks and, and a yacht club that's nearby. And so it's all very. Well, it sounds awful. Yeah, it sounds. Yeah, it's a terrible place. Yeah, it's a real pit. It's, Don't nobody move there. Nobody. Yeah, go. yeah nobody move there. It's uh, pretty much a hole. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> it sounds nice. But we have a Tim Hortons. Coffee, yeah, there you coffee, go. Tim Hortons coffee. Is that a chain up there? Yeah. It's yeah. like a Starbucks, but mm-hmm. you know, a Canadian yeah. version. But it's not yeah. Starbucks. No. No, it's not Starbucks. No. Yeah. No, their coffee is a lot, a lot less expensive. <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> so, how does the music scene in uh, where you're at now compare to Nashville? I mean, what's the music scene like up there c- compared to what you were doing down uh, in Nashville? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's when we we were in Nashville, we we were doing our thing. Um, Tommy had had a publishing deal at one point, uh-huh. and uh, I think we told you I had a cut. With, he had a cut with Lee Greenwood. Right. And we've and been getting. Let's talk about that really quick for the podcast audience. So, you actually yeah. had a cut with Lee, that Lee Greenwood recorded, and timing wise. Something came up, and that whole 9/11 thing kind of screwed up his record release. Um, he just got it finished, 
it was the first release off the record, um, our, our, our particular cut, and it, it had a short-lived radio thing, and then when 9-11 happened, they wanted to immediately re-release, you know, um, uh, Proud to be an American. Right. So they did a new version of it right. and put it on the same record. Um, and, which dropped, was, and they dropped the cut. But they dropped the single and went to the, went to a different single. So. Yeah. But uh, it was cool for us because you know Lee Greenwood kind of built that record around our song. We heard. Yeah. He went to publisher to publisher, play, made them play our song mm-hmm. that we wrote, and said, "I want songs like this for my new record." Yeah. So it was kind of a neat thing to have a guy, a legend like that. Sure. Very do my very too. first cut to have yeah. somebody like that cut a song of mine. Yeah. Well, what was the song called, and what was it about? It's called um, "Rock She Can't Move," and it's about a um, about a farm boy who grew up. Um, his granddad's farm was next to another another old guy's farm, but he was black, and his um, whole philosophy of life. He was he was very laid back. He was a good man. He's always did what he can for other people. And always was good, but but by the stories he would tell the boy, you would think that he had every right to be bitter and mean mm-hmm. and nasty because mm-hmm. he went he grew up through the civil rights movement. Right. And basically the chorus sa- basically says, you know, you got to do what you can, do the right thing, you know, plow your fields, move your rocks, and plow between the rocks. You can't move. So it was about the things that he couldn't change in life. He's not going to change racism. He's not going to mm-hmm. change people's minds. So he was just going to live his life the best he can. And that was what the song was about. Mm-hmm. It's like pick your battles, too. Exactly. Pick your battles, yeah. pick your battles and, and, yeah. and deal with the things that, that, that you can affect. Yeah. The things you can't affect, go around them. It's a great song idea. It's yeah. great. And it, it hit home with a yeah. lot of people. When we first wrote the song, I wrote it with uh, Rob Crosby and Will Rambo, two mm-hmm. big hit writers in Nashville. When we first finished the song, Travis Tritt put it on hold for his record. Oh, wow. And that was 1998, mm-hmm. 1999, I think it was. But he never cut it. And it, nobody, that song got put on hold by a lot of artists, but mm-hmm. nobody cut it. But when Lee was ready to do his new record and Curb signed him to a new deal, that was his first song that he wanted to cut. I hope you can hear it one day. It's actually out on. You can get it in Walmart. Um, Lee Greenwood's record. It's mm-hmm. called Stronger Than Time. I think is the name. Yeah. Of the so it's out, but it wasn't the single that kind of. Yeah. But it does have a sticker on the front um, of the CD that says featuring the the single hit um, Rock She Can't Move. So okay. So it does have that on there. Yeah. yeah. People people so. heard. We had friends calling us saying they heard it on the radio. Yeah. So it did yeah. do some time here mm-hmm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, but not as much as we would like to. Yeah. It's just bad timing. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. We yeah. do it live too. And we do um, do it live. Yeah. Now. I was gonna say, I'd love to hear you sing. Oh, it was good. well. Thank you, because I, you know, in Nashville they have this is a girl song, this is a guy song, and uh-huh. you know, and that whole uh, machine. But uh, I said to Tommy, this is just a great song, and, right. and I want to sing it. And so, so we started doing it in our shows, mm-hmm. and people are requesting, saying you should record it. And yeah, you know, so yeah. we've been getting an interesting response with yeah. her singing it now. Yeah. So. Well, I was just thinking, based on the song, it sounds like a lot of we were talking before the before the interview, before I started recording, that there's a sort of a spiritual bent to a lot mm-hmm. of your music. I mean, the song that I really I, I was talking about this when I was watching on the main stage when you when I heard, "What the hell am I doing here?" <laughs> I wrote, "I wish I'd written this." Oh. You know, and so there's a lot of. The songs aren't gospel, but there's that spiritual mm-hmm. undertone, like we were saying earlier yeah. in the conversation, for people that are kind of looking for it, if they're yeah. listening for it, it's there. If not, they're just a great song. And this song kind of exactly. maybe has that yeah. as well. Yeah, Tommy's Rocks, You Can't Move, falls in that same. It's just right. message, good message songs, you know? Like, yeah, like, like Devil's Gold off your new CD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, 
I um I remember reading where somewhere where they were talking about Jesus spoke parables and why did he speak parables? Mm-hmm. And it was to reach people in those days that could understand. Like he would share a story that they could understand mm-hmm. about fishermen, about farmers, about you know. Mm-hmm. And I think our philosophy was we we'd done some Christian writing when we were living in Nashville, but. We sat down and we said, you know, we want to reach a broader audience. We want to reach those people. We don't, you know, I don't care what denomination, what mm-hmm. faith you are. There's all a deep, there's a deeper spirituality in all of us that, that we're all connected to. And I think if you hear a song about hope, you hear a song about searching. Why, why am I here? What is my purpose here on earth? It's non-denominational. It's not, yeah. You yeah, know? and the message is still there. That's right, you know. Yeah. Everybody gets it. And that's yeah. how we approach our songs is... Whether you're Buddhist, Christian, you know, mm-hmm. wh- whatever you are, I think people in general, peace. I mean, you know, we're all searching for peace. Mm-hmm. And our song, All of Us, on our album, talks about mm-hmm. that. You know? And we don't hold things to a genre or um, or religion or mm-hmm. or a political view or anything. It's about what we feel. And we try to approach the songwriting from that point. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, and we've been really lucky, other people feel it too. Yeah. You know, they get it. Yeah. And we approach it from that point. They're going to get this because they understand it. We're living it. They've got to be living it too. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to find the more unique way of putting it out there. You know, that way. And she's a genius at that. The lyrics are just, you know, how to reach you. They just pull you right in. You like know? you say, writing stories is writing parables. And yeah. people love story mm-hmm. songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, let's see. How did you end up co-writing with Randy Bachman? Talk about that song. Oh, You played cool. that earlier. Yeah. Uh, love Lies Bleeding. Which well, is sort of your bluegrass song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had finished an album called Jules Cafe, mm-hmm. and I had gone out to Vancouver to do some of the recording. And while I was there, I had met um, someone who had called me and invited me to their CD release party. So I flew back from Ontario to Vancouver, and while I'm at the CD release party, I meet Randy Bachman. Mm-hmm. And someone had told him about me and and he he had met my producer in that Mm -hmm. so he said I would love to write with you so he invited uh, invited us to go to his his place on Salt Spring Island which Mm. is right off the coast of Vancouver Mm -hmm. and do some writing which turned out to be you're like oh shucks I guess oh gosh yeah Yeah. (laughs) Randy and his wife Denise picked me up at the ferry on Salt Spring and they were just such wonderful people so down to earth and and um, so we that week I think we wrote five songs Mm -hmm. Then we hit it off so well that I went back to Ontario and started flying that year back and forth to Vancouver, writing and recording with mm-hmm. Randy. Spent about a year doing that. It was a really, really good experience. I'll bet. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, as far as influences, because you're not really country, not really folk. It's kind of like the singer-songwriter, <laughs> Americana, whatever, whatever marketing's calling it this week. What are some of your songwriting influences? Who did you look to growing up? How long have you been... In, Songwriting influence, Joni Mitchell. I, I just love Joni's lyrics. I, I liked writers like that who take a lyric and twist it and make you think about it, and there's, there's so many levels to mm-hmm. their lyric, you know. Um, melodies and that, I was always... Um, I mean, I love Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, yeah. You know, um, Sheryl Crow. I love the edgy coolness of Sheryl Crow. You know, the old writers who wrote... Um, you know, we did Mr. Bojangles, Jerry Jeff Walker, you know, I mean... I was going to say, I'm not, I'm not sucking up, but I think I have a new favorite cover version of that song. I was talking to your oh. earlier, <laughs> and I went, oh my, it was 
it's great. It's just, oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, it just came from a place of just loving the song so yeah. much and feeling because you know. And, and that's when I, when I was when I was watching this thing, I realized she's it's story songs. Mm-hmm. You're drawn to story songs. Yeah. 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 When we decided to do that as a cover and put it a part of our set, I said I just don't want it to be. I would like to work it up to where it's hers, sure. and not just a, us doing a cover song. So we kind of rearranged the arrangement just a little bit to make it more Tia. And, and it wasn't quite as waltzy as I remember. It was a little different. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. and so it yeah. changed it. We tried yeah. to tame down the waltziness and bring more of a story, like you're talking about the story aspect. Yeah. To it, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was the fun part, just kind of redoing it and making it her. Mm-hmm. And, and and. In yeah. fact, you remember Tommy? We were in England and we did a show over there for BBC uh, Liverpool, and um, Spencer Lee was the interviewer. And right off the fly, he just says, "Do you guys have a cover tune that you want to do?" And so we said. Yeah, let's do this. So he recorded it, and we've been getting emails that he's been playing it on a show over there, oh, very like nice. re- more regularly. So yeah, it's so pretty it's, cool. It's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. And and I think some of the other big influences were um, the Eagles and yeah. Linda Ronstadt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So pulled a lot from that. Very cool. Um, something you said earlier too. I don't think we've talked about in the podcast, but you said you. You broke one of your rules when you when you, you <laughs> broke your never date a co-writer rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which How long were you writing it before you decided to go to like take it to that level? And uh, what a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't long. It wasn't long. Yeah, so that was meant to yeah. happen. Yeah, I get. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was that. I mean, it, you had to have decorum. You had to have your rules, and everybody <laughs> had their rules. And yeah. And I, you know, I wrote with a lot of beautiful girls that in Nashville, and, mm-hmm. and I kind of stuck to my rule. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't stick to my rule with her. I don't know why. <laughs> Look at her. I guess that's in yeah, the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how long you been married? Uh, a year. It was a year in, Jan- in June. <laughs> a year in June. Yeah. 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 So what's June. it like working together? Pretty much, pretty much full time, I assume. You know, um, it's it's cool. Or is like, it on the road back home writing and? Something on the side as far as work, or is it no, pretty much, no, this is, pretty this much is it. Twenty four seven. This is it. We have a studio at our house, and Tommy's just. This was an interesting situation because we do so much work together. Mm-hmm. And Tommy just started um, producing an album for a girl from Wales, and so she came over and stayed with us. And he was off doing her album, and you know, in the in the other part of the house. And so I'm doing my part of the work uh, on the computer, booking us gigs with Marilee and that. And it was it was interesting. All of a sudden, we were kind of separated. Mm-hmm. And um, didn't like it that much. I didn't like it. <laughs> I was like, no, this isn't fun. This is cool. It was weird. Cool. We got to figure out how, how do we make yeah. this work because mm-hmm. I want to do producing. Yeah. I want to yeah. produce records because I feel like I have a gift for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we got to figure out how to not have that separation there because there's got to be a fine line there because we are so used to being around each other 24 seven. Right. And right. it's nonstop either us or music. Mm-hmm. You know. So. It's kind of hard to have that separation there. Because yeah. last summer, I had to do a day gig, so I was building houses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was away for eight hours, and I come back, and we're back together. Well, that was a good, nice separation time, but it wasn't me and her focused on separate things. We're still focused on the same thing. Yeah. Yep. I'm just doing a day gig, which yeah. was different mindset. Mm-hmm. This was yeah. actually a music deal. Working with another artist. With uh, another artist. Yeah. And Completely different. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. It was a little yeah. weird for us, and we're figuring out. We're going to figure out how to make that work because mm-hmm. um, we are both good at what we do. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, and what we do as a team is still first for us, and we know that. Good. So that's we don't want to 
infringe on that at all. You mm -hmm. know, I'll, I'll do production projects, but I'll probably keep them limited to maybe one or two a year. Yeah. The rest of it's us. You know. Good. Yeah. So. Seems to work. Well. Yeah. We have a lot to say and we have a lot to offer, so well, we know that. And every day, I mean. You know, we have a lot of friends. Well, you know this. I mean, you have there's so many talented people. They're doing their dream, and mm -hmm. but then to actually have a shot at something like Strawberry, I yeah. mean, is like how. Which is where we're at today, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, like you know, we, this is just a huge blessing for us, and so to know. It's a tough nut to crack. Yeah, you know, and and we give that to our our agent Mary Lee, and but the thing is that that we appreciate every aspect of where we are right now so we don't want to blow it you know we want to right. keep focused on it right. and really just the the wheels turning now just keep that turning mm -hmm. and and get the momentum up and if someone told me it's like you you get spurts of momentum so you got to go with it when it's mm -hmm. happening yep. yeah and then a dry spell you know where you then that's the time when you go home and you write sure you know you right. yeah or yeah. You, you know take take time off and Look inside yourself and see what you want to say, and or what's next. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we talked about this earlier, but we kind of like circumvented. But so, what's the what is the music scene like in? Oh, in Nashville. Yeah, where are you at now? We started talking about yeah. that. Yeah, as opposed to Ontario. Yeah, Ontario. Which yeah. Is, which is probably there's probably benefits to being a yeah. maybe a bigger fish in a small ocean versus Nashville. Well, you know, it's but interesting, Michael, because Nashville is kind of from where we were. Mm -hmm. Nashville had gone in this whole other genre, yep. this whole other direction, and a lot of our friends are leaving town. At the commercial country kind of aspect. Yeah, 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 and that just wasn't us. And there's and, no life in it now. And people uh, are just kind of going, yeah, you know. And, and then yet today, I was talking to one of the festival um, organizers here. He said that they've had so many applications from um, Canadian folk artists because the whole folk scene in Canada is just booming. I mean, oh. there's a whole huge thing of in Canada that's really taken off right now. And we were over in England. Our friend Bob Harris has mm -hmm. a radio show with Spring oh, right. Bob. Yep. Yeah. He had done a special segment on Canadian music and and where it's at right now, like with Kathleen Edwards and mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. artists like that. It's just taken off, and um, so I feel we're at the right place at the right time. Yeah. You know, it wasn't so much as you already you already kind of established. You're already, yeah. You're already building things up, and now yeah. this is happening at the same time. And we're busy. We're busier than we were in Nashville. You know. Yeah. It, so. It's it's weird. We were in Nashville. We thought we were busy then, but now we just we're nonstop either either doing um, concentrating on what we're doing and concentrating on giving lessons or being a part of the community as itself. And Norfolk is now trying to develop this yeah. this conglomerate of artists to create this songwriting um, workshops. Yeah, and these things. amazing things that are yeah. starting to turn in this county as soon as we showed up. So. We're You're the in the right spot yeah. at the right time. Yeah. And what yeah. they love about it is Tia has come back. And uh -huh. Tia's got her own star over there and things going on. So she has a following and things. And they're happy because she's back in town. And yeah, she's back in absolutely. the county. And they're her. They're using her and, and a couple of other artists to kind of launch this thing. We're so. talking about a festival next year. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. So we're really... We're really happy that we got there when we did. Yeah. You know, we own a house and we have a car and we have our dogs up there and we've got a big yard and and it's just I had a feeling you were dog people. Just yeah. 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 I liked your right rescue away. dogs. Yeah, we get rescue, rescue dogs. Us too. Yeah, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we actually have a okay, here's a, here's a tangent. We have we raped, my wife and I raised a couple of guide dogs, so one one passed, one came back, so we have that and then we fostered dogs for a while and we told no. the woman who was giving us the foster dog who said, Do not give us a German shepherd. 
because we'll keep it. Yeah, we love shepherds, yeah. <laughs> and the fifth dog was this shepherd who was, he's about a year old, he was never socialized, and he's just, yeah. he's a great dog, but he's just, we're working hard to socialize yeah. him. So. Yeah, We have Jake, we just, well, we had a great Pyrenees mm. that, that, um... And big dog people. Perfect. Yeah, we are big dog people, yep. yep. We just got a new guy, Jake. Um, and we rescued him from the shelter. He was this close to being euthanized. And Within he was, a day or so. Of being yeah. Euthanized. And uh, he was he was the same thing, but he's Australian Shepherd, part Australian mm, Shepherd. Okay. He's he's just a cute little guy. He's we've coming around. His tail's energy, wagging now. Yeah. We fostered, we fostered several Aussies, and they're yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're a little different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. A, he's an odd duck, but and when we first got him, he just stared at us for two weeks. He didn't he didn't know what to think of us. He didn't eat. Mm-hmm. He, didn't, he just looked at us like, why am I here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really realize that he, he was there for the long haul. And right. Now now the puppy's starting to come out of him. It's six seven months later now. He's starting to get his puppy back. He's starting yeah. to get his puppy back. He's starting to come out. Now. Someone told me that foster dogs are, are they're kind of like foster kids. Yeah. They've got kind of a, a kind of a checkered. You're not really sure what the background is. They've been uh-huh. kind of bopped around, and you yeah. they got to be with you long enough before they realize, okay, I'm going to be here. That's right. And you're the alpha. Okay. And you got to mm-hmm. set yeah. that up too. Yeah, yeah. a year. So they told us a year, long yeah. a year, you know, for him to get used to us. Apparently, the guy who had him before really hurt him bad. And what we decided is, if we're going to discipline him, he's also going to know that he's loved yeah. at the same time. We went it's not a bad thing. Yeah. We're just scolding you. You know, it's a, you just got to know that that's not a good thing that you just did. It's a bad choice. Right. You know, but. Yeah. Here, here's some hugs and kisses. And yeah, we ended up actually with, with, <laughs> this, this ship, with this German Shepherd, Arlo. Um, about a month went by, and we kind of let him just kind of assimilate, you know, mm-hmm. and gave him with the training we knew. And then we realized that, you know, he, he barks at dogs. He doesn't seem aggressive, but he has an edge to him. Yeah. And he likes to bark a lot, and it's part of his socialization. So we, um, it's supposed to be a music podcast, yeah, by the way, but now we're okay. talking dogs. <laughs> um, so we ended up finding a guy who's, who does the German Schutzen training and specializes oh. in shepherds. So we went out there for about five sessions over the course of a few months, and, and he just took what we did and kind of tweaked it, you mm-hmm. know, and... And then there was a couple of incidents at the beach where Arlo just kind of went ballistic and, and somebody barking at everything. And this couple walked up and this one man said, you know, we had a dog just like that. He's a, Now he's a four-year-old Rottweiler. You're doing the right thing. You're socializing him. He goes, but we actually went to a remote-controlled shot collar for training. And yeah. we were like, and we were kind of like, and then we talked to our trainer and our trainer said, well, I didn't want to bring it up because people get the wrong impression. Yeah. He goes, but if yeah. you know what you're doing, he goes, I've been doing them for 20 years. Yeah, our so now, friend got one of those for his Rottweiler. Right. And uh, he, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like our trainer calls it finishing school. So yeah. we've gone through. He knows he's with us. He knows mm-hmm. what he's supposed to do. He's been he's been been trained long enough where he knows right and wrong. And now he's sort of like a like a teenager. Yeah. So when somebody comes over, you know, and he starts barking, it's like, okay, good watch, good boy. Let him let him be a dog. Let him bark. You don't want to mm-hmm. break him. And then a couple of minutes go by, okay, quiet, give him a correction. And then if that doesn't work, then you, you give him the bus. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it seems to be working. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't ask for a project dog. Yeah. <laughs> got one now? Yeah. Yeah. I'll mail you a photograph. We'll, we'll trade uh, dog yes, photographs. Yes, yes, let's do that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we could start a whole rescue dog blog. Yeah. Ooh, people share the rescue dogs. Singer-songwriters rescue dogs. That's right. <laughs> That's yeah, right. we'll share a story. Well, Emily Harris, I read, she's, her charity now is she rescues dogs in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. So there could be something yeah. to that. Yeah. 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 Tia hangs out with her daughter, so... Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, so you're out in California now. Are you doing many West Coast appearances, or is this sort of an occasional thing you're, you're building up? Yeah. Um, then so I know you've been over the UK a few times. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Tommy lived in L.A. for 10 years, and so he's been telling me how awesome California is. Mm-hmm. And we 
had the experience experience of playing in Santa Rosa oh, yeah. and Katati in May, and we loved it so much. And then when Marilee got us into the Strawberry Festival, I was really excited. And now tomorrow night, Saturday night, we're at the Larkspur Cafe right, Theater right. in Larkspur, California. And so we're really hoping this will this will be something that turns into more more trips out here. I really love the Northern California, this whole area. Me I too. Just, I just love it. I mean, and, and people ad- identify with our music; they get it. And it's a good it's a good music scene. Yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's, a, there's a what I'm finding because I'm kind of developing this. I'm like, there's a, there's a lot of really cool small places. To yeah. Play. There's a good house concert mm-hmm. circuit. You know. Yeah. 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 Cool. So in the meantime, people can find you at tiamagraph.com. It's yeah, T-I-A-M-C-G-R-A-F-F. That's yes. Frank. Right, right. And we'll, we'll, we'll see you sometime soon, I hope. Yeah, yes. Thank you, Michael. Thanks this for talking. It's been great. I had a feeling they were dog people, and big dog people at that. That's why I liked them right away. Tia McGrath and her husband, Tony Parnum, everybody, and um, a little chat at the Strawberry Music Festival. And we were actually talking in their cabin, which explains the bluegrass band that was playing outside the window while we were chatting. And if you're wondering what an independent artist does to get their music out there, I'll let you know that uh, Tia played, again, the 11.30 slot at Strawberry. And then on Saturday, she and Tony and their manager, Merrily, took off for Larkspur, California, which is just east of the San Francisco Bay, and it's about a two-and-a-half-hour drive from where the Strawberry Music Festival takes place. They played there on Saturday night. They drove back on Sunday, and they played a 1 a.m. sort of showcase slot on Monday morning, um, the night after Sunday, to a few people in, um, in a camp that went over the radio. So that's what you do to get your music out there. Um, it was interesting talking to couples that work together as songwriters, too. I find that the the people that I've talked to that are actually songwriters and married tend to work together all the time and really like it. In fact, if you go back to my, my podcast for, I think it was number six or seven, I talked to a couple local songwriter pals of mine, Bev Barnett and Greg Newell, and it was sort of a similar dynamic. And um, again, I want to thank you for listening to Songs and Stories and remind you that on the notes for this podcast on show number 15, Songs and Stories, there are links to Tia McGrath's site, her tour schedule, her latest CD, A Day in My Shoes. I've also added links to the Lee Greenwood CD featuring the Tommy Parnum written song, Rocks You Can't Move. And I also found a link to the Nashville Dog Fostering Organization that Emil Harris does volunteer for when Tia and Tony and I were talking about her dogs. That came up. So go to my site, michaelgather.com, and have a look and find some links to Tia McGrath as well as some other things that we talked about during this little interview. So once again, whether you're listening on your iPod or some other MP3 player or you're on my site, michaelgaither.com, I want to thank you again for listening to Songs and Stories. This has been Episode 15, a chat with Tia McGrath and her husband, Tony Parnum. If you have any comments about this podcast, you can go to my site and leave them on the on the notes for this podcast using the Add Comment button or just send me an email, michael at michaelgaither.com. <laughs>